classic, classic Charles Quadrofoso. This is yes. This this brings me like into a nice place of like just calm, serene, and you know, just at one of those parties, waiting for the party to start, and just like that music that's playing, right? And and just thinking about life in general, right? Or yes. what he's so, saying. Because <laughs> I can never understand what he's saying. But like you said, the melody, the flow just puts you in that serene the serene feel, just like this party's this party's bumping, but what is he saying? <laughs> no, it, it's not just you. Like I feel like Lumba is like one of those. Like he has his own like language when he's like harmonizing, that yes. he'll slur words, and it sounds so good. You don't care that he's slurring the words or he's putting like three words together. It's like it sounds like, good. Okay. 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 It, it adds to the mystique. It, it does. The it mystique takes of, those with listen. a really good ear to pick it up. Yes. Yes. And you know it's a technique musicians use to add um, a layer complex layer to the song. Michael Jackson did it very often. Oh. Many times you didn't know what he was saying, but then it lasted the intrigue. Like, what right. is he saying? You're like tuned in. Yeah. So, so Doc, for, for those that don't have a musical ear and a tree ear, what's the name of this song? And who's the artist? This is Odomensu, Dalilumba, of course, the one and only Charles Kodjufosu. Uh, <laughs> the top of the top. This is, this is a deep song for me, because it was... Uh, 1995, I believe, the first time I heard it. And the first time I heard this song, it, it kind of, it, it almost takes you into this state, it puts you in a trance. Um, and it was the first of its kind that I'd heard, the rhythm. And, and, and it was so different and, and so fresh. Um, and I I still haven't heard a song like it in high life. It's just so, it's, it's in its own zone. Yeah, no, it's different. Were, were you in Were you in Canada in '95? No. Yeah, you're still. So you're still in Ghana. Still in Ghana. Heard this song. This was when I was first getting really into music. Like, um, and this whole album, Sesosi album, is is for me is my favorite. Uh, Lumba. It's a classic. Yes, and and you know, on this album is also Children of the Future. Children of yeah, which is <laughs> the first time any African artist had a whole song about climate change. You know, Lumba yeah. talked about climate change way before it was popular, and people just still didn't know it. If you hear that song, he talks about you know how the earth, um, the peril, the you know potential peril of the earth, and what we're doing, and what we should be doing for the children of the future. I mean, he's just futuristic. No, no. L- Lumba's an institution. I-, I feel like our podcast is becoming the unofficial Lumba <laughs> <Yes>. podcast. <laughs> Yeah, you just you can't escape it. <laughs> oh man, no, I love it. Uh, it's a great song and, and great melody, as, as you guys both said. Um, so today, um, Anita, what is our phrase yes, for the day? Mr. I'm gonna come to you today for what's our okay. phrase? Okay, I'm gonna try not to butcher it, guys. So just bear with me. But the phrase of the day is "Penny wo fiansana yewo ohine." Am I right? Mm. Did I say it right? Yeah. Did I say it right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit, good. a little bit, a little bit. It was good. <laughs> your, your, your tree is better is better than most. It's good. I, I understood it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and okay, what did that translate to? So translation. Yeah. So the translation is the elder was there before the king was born. Ooh, that is deep. That's deep because everybody wants to be the king. But it's, it, it, it sets me so. This is going to be good. We'll, we'll explore that later on in the rest of the episode. Waiting to hear yes. more about it. Yes, yes. 
Just to start off, hello ladies and gentlemen. My name is Anita Buedu, but I go by Miss Bartels. And my name is Samuel Aquesi Boating, and I go by Sam. Welcome to our podcast, Doctor. Or an embarrassment where we'll be exploring the experiences of those of us in the Ghanaian diaspora. This is essentially the immigrant's guide to disappointing your parents. And on today's episode, we have a very special episode. We're switching it up a little bit and we're going to interview our main man, Dr. Salome Redu. Um, and Salome, really excited yes. to have you on this episode. Glad to be here. But, this is an awkward but, position. It is, but as, as you've been putting people in this spot, I think we, we, we thought that we would put you on this spot. And yes. uh, before we get started, we're going to do what we call our lightning round. Mm. All right. We're going to ask you a series of questions. First thing that comes to mind, you answer. No thinking. Mm-hmm. If you need some time to think, you say pass and we'll get back to it. Okay? All right. Yes. Okay. Ready? Yes, ma'am. All right. So favorite favorite Ghanaian movie? Perfect picture. <laughs> <laughs> favorite Ghanaian song? Ooh. Man of the Okay. Favorite Ghanaian food? Uh, mutu. Okay. Mutu okay. And, and peanut soup. All right, all right, all right. Peanut soup. <laughs> outdooring or wedding? Oh my gosh, it's a tough one. Uh, I'll go with outdooring. Oh no, come on! Yes. Oh. <laughs> Jalop or watch it? Watch it, all the way. Yes. Watch it yes. every day. Malt or Fanta? Malt. Come on. Yes. Tiger malt, to be precise. Okay, so. <laughs> Peanut soup or light soup? I think I know this answer. No question. Peanut soup, yes. Aye, come on. <laughs> Thick and nutritious, yes. <laughs> just, it's just creamy for no reason. <laughs> Kumasi or uh, no, uh, Afro beats or high life? Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh, oh. oh man. <laughs> high life. Come on. High okay. Kumasi or crap? Come on, Doc. Come on. Pick the come right on, one. Kumasi, Kumasi, Kumasi. Yes. All the way. Kasi, yes. <laughs> Adua or Zonto? Adua. I'm traditional, yes. so yes. KLM or Delta? Ugh. Ah, KLM all the way. KLM Come babies. <laughs> <laughs> Top three Ganyan artists. Ooh. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I know this one. So, <laughs> 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 oh. Kojenchi and, and Lumba, I can't. I look, depending on the day, I, I go back and forth. Uh, and I, I think I'll have to put Sakodi at third. Really? I thought you were going to say Amachi Dede. Amachi is good too. My mom's favorite, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give it up to Sark. Okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, and final question Doctor or yes. embarrassment? Doctor all the way, come on. All right. <laughs> yes. He made it. He made it. <laughs> okay, Doc. So I just wanted to um, get your full name, you know, everything with the Ghanaian <sighs> name in between their day of the week. You give it all to us. Yes. Okay. So my name is Salome Kwame Nyano Redu. Oh, wow. I was born, I was born uh, Kwame Nyano Redu. Uh, later Salome, <laughs> which, which, which I've grown to love. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. And who were you named after? I'm named after my dad's uncle. Oh. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Yes. 
Nice. So what do, what do they call you at home? And, and, and... Kwame. And now Wafa. Because I'm named after my, my uncle. Also Wafa. Most, yeah, Wafa is... is... <laughs> what so I went by my old childhood. Calling you Wafa. <laughs> so so, so is, is that why you're such an old soul? <laughs> I can't help it, yes. This is... <laughs> even, the song, even the song he picked today was, was a Wafa yes. song. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I can't. I can't help it. I just, I just been old since I was born. <laughs> it's okay though. But do you feel like you've kind of grown into the name though? Because I feel like you have that, that type of um, vibe. Not, not to say Wolfa vibe, but if you know Doc, he has yeah. that. You know, like oh, he's, he's, he's uncle. uncle. Tell <laughs> yeah. the truth. He's, he's an old man. <laughs> there's a lot. Listen, there's a lot in the name, and uh, I always see myself as sort of. Um, in the position of the elder statesman, always giving the advice, mm. um, always being there for people, sort of, you know, that, that's part of uh, my identity. So, yes, I probably just took it on. Mm. Spoken like a true affair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 welcome, Doc, to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're, we're glad to kind of interview you today and get into the meat of things and get to know you a little bit more, better. So, so before yes. we start, I, I think, um, you know, many people know kind of what you wanted to be when you grew up. Yes. Um, but the question was, you know, did you always want to be a doctor? And, and when did you kind of know, yes, I want to be a doctor? Oof. Uh, yes, I did. Um, I've always known, for whatever reason, that's always what I wanted to do. So I would say around age between seven and nine, I kind of really took it on because early on I had academic success. So my family sort of said, okay, you know, he's going to be a doctor. And I, and I sort of just kind of owned it. Um, and that's really how I took it on. And then since then, there really wasn't anything else. I was going to be a doctor. We had a pact among my brothers. So my older brother, uh, Sam, the one that's I'm immediately after, was going to be an architect because he was really good at uh, drawing structures and just art in general. Mm. So he was good at designing things. So he was going to be the architect. Uh, Murphy was going to be a soccer player because he was really good at <laughs> soccer. Uh, and I was going to be the doctor because, I mean, <laughs> what else is there to do when you do well in school, right? So mm. so we had a pact, the three of us. <laughs> That's what we were going to do. And it's actually come to fruition, which is yeah. really strange. Yeah, but but I guess maybe as as a young person, right? Did you even conceptualize what it means to be a doctor, right? So did you have an idea like when you were young, like, hey, I want to be a doctor, and a doctor does this or this kind of doctor, right? Like, I want to be a pediatrician, I want to be this, or it's just I want to be a doctor, so I'll be a doctor. Yeah, I had no idea what it entailed, you know, to be a doctor and what it was like. Uh, I just had the concept, and I of course I knew of the prestige and the respect that comes with being a, a physician. Um, so sort of that's how I took it on I didn't I didn't know what it was about I didn't know what specialty I wanted to be in until later on in life uh, but yeah I just knew that's what I wanted to be okay so the big question um, well you know you're, you seem like the perfect child perfect dream <laughs> perfect career path so what was your parent like both of your parentals the mom dad what were their thoughts on your career choice I mean, they were happy, um, and you know, neither of them had a chance 
to go to school here in Canada. So they didn't know what the school system was like. So they sort of kind of just deferred to me um, and, you know, what I would tell them about the system and, you know, what it took to be a physician. But they were happy and, and supportive uh, once they found out that's what I wanted to do. Did you guys actually, like, sit down and have the, you know, mom, dad, I'm going to be a doctor? Or was it just a given known in the air? We did not. We didn't have a, an official, like I said, I, you know, from when I was a child, I always wanted to be a doctor. There were no discussions about my career because why would you tell a child to do otherwise? <laughs> why would you have a discussion? Um, and again, given that my parents didn't really know the system here, it was difficult to have the discussion about, well, what path are you going to take? How are you going to get there? Um, which was a disadvantage in, in some ways because had I had guidance in terms of uh, approaching what it actually takes to be a physician, I think it would have been, my path may have been a little bit different. Mm. Um, but the conversation never happened. It almost, it was just an assumption that it was going to happen. So what's your official professional title now? Well, I am a pediatric resident, uh, officially PGY2. Um, yeah, PGY2 mean postgraduate year two okay. uh, since being out of medical school. So uh, I'm a resident physician um, and, you know, aspiring to be fully a pediatrician in the next couple of years. Okay, so I know, like, when you said pediatrician, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, how do you even, what made you decide to pursue, like, to go into that specialization? Ooh, actually, you know, I've always, I've always loved kids. I've always been good with children. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought children were perfect in every way. You know, they, um, they forget quickly, they forgive quickly, mm-hmm. they don't hold grudges. Uh, they recover incredibly quickly. Uh, and I think that's sort of how adults ought to be. That's what we should take on because children are so, we're born perfect. We just become more imperfect every day uh, in some ways. So I've always been good with kids. And when I, I was in nursing school, um, when it was time to do uh, our rotations and um, our final rotation, like the big one, which is about three months, um, my one of my professors put me for pediatrics, and I was like, "Oh, why did she put me for pediatrics? Like, I'm so why?" But you know, she'd seen my personality, mm-hmm. uh, and she'd seen how I was with children, and she herself was a pediatric nurse, mm-hmm. and she thought I would be a good pediatric nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so after my when I did that uh, final rotation in pediatrics, I never looked back. Like, I was like, yeah, this is this is what I I always should have done. I don't know why I, I was considering I'm, I'm anything sure else. She, I'm sure she knew your name was Wafa. You know, that, that's such right? an uncle. <laughs> great, with, great with everybody's kids. Great with kids. Great with kids. I wanted to ask, yeah. though, like, maybe it's just me, but I know there's that um, stigma that doctors are very, um, they have, like, an ice box around their heart. Do you find mm. that in your residency, you especially dealing with children, how, do you feel like you've gotten somehow like emotionally attached or connected to the position and the patients? Oh, wow. Uh, it's true that there's that unfair reputation uh, the doctors have that they're somehow disconnected from the patients, which mm-hmm. in some ways the, the job kind of pulls you away 
because of the demands um, and the nature of the work uh, kind of takes you away from the patient at times. Um, But I feel I, I, this is a personal philosophy of mine. I must connect with my patients. It, it, It doesn't matter who they are. And I think you're able to give the best healthcare when you know who you're delivering it to. Uh, it's much easier to know how to do it and how to connect right. with people. So if, if to me, if I don't connect with a patient, it makes my job more difficult. And so, you know, some, you know, put barriers in order to avoid getting too close with the patients. I try to get as close as I possibly can, you know, still professional, but right. you get as close as you possibly can to know the person inside out so that you'll be able to deliver the best health care possible. Um, so... For me, it's very important to you know connect uh, with patients and then um, establish rapport that way, so you'd be able to do the best for them. Because every individual is different. Right there, you have it. The first doctor that's breaking that stigma. <laughs> and, and I guess that, that's and that's an interesting perspective of where you came from. And maybe if you can let us know, you know, your journey to being a doctor. Right? Did you have that linear? I want to be a doctor. I go to med school, I'm a doctor, I'm a success, right? So what, what was your journey right. like? Oh, I my journey is a bit convoluted. It's very unorthodox. Um, so I wanted to be a physician. Uh, and at the end of my undergrad, my GPA just wasn't high enough um, to apply to med school. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of my prerequisites. So, you know, my mother said, you know, why don't you go through nursing um, and sort of kind of work your way along I was like, ah, oh, why? I don't want to be nursing. It's a woman's job. <laughs> I mean, I didn't explicitly say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and that's, that's what I felt. I mean, I won't even lie. That, that's sort mm-hmm. of what was in my head. Like, this is a female-dominated profession. Like, mm-hmm. what is it going to look like? You know, me being a dude and being a nurse. Um, so I said, but I, you know, I reluctantly applied. I got in and then I left a letter on my desk for like, weeks i didn't even want to, want to open it. i didn't want to respond i think i responded like maybe three days before the deadline to respond i don't want to do this i don't want to do this but didn't you find but, that like when you're in your scrubs in your clinical rotation that the ladies were gawking at you you didn't find that you were like listen a lot of dude in the <laughs> a lot a lot of male nurses get a lot of love don't even get that yeah. twisted male nurses they get love from the patients they get love from the staff mm-hmm. so yeah I, I did and you know a lot of times you're called doctor because of the the sexist nature of our our right, commu- right, our, our right. society right. Uh, if, if it's a guy in scrubs he must be a doctor right and if it's a female they must be a nurse, a nurse. Uh, which you know is changing uh, thankfully but Nursing was probably the best thing I've ever done in my life, uh, and I'm you know ever grateful to my mother for for that advice because it fundamentally changed me. It changed my approach to healthcare, how I connect with patients, um, mm. and it gave me a completely different perspective that I wouldn't otherwise have, mm. you know, if I had gone the linear path. So I went, mm. I initially did kin, kin and health science, and then at, that was my initial undergrad, and then I went on to nursing under my mom's advisement. There was a two-year program it was accelerated because I already had a degree. And then after nursing, I worked in nursing for about seven years, and then I applied to medical school. Nice. And nice. Uh, I got in. I applied to the Caribbean, so I went through the Caribbean, and then, you know, I did all my rotations in the U.S., and now I'm doing my uh, residency in New York. 
So, so how old were you when you actually started med school? Oh my gosh. How old was I? I think I was 32. I want to say 32. And and you had your family and everything. My line? 32 or 33. <laughs> 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 I started in 2015. That was about six years ago? Yes, six years ago. Yes. Yes. So I was 31. Yes, 31. Yeah. I was 31 years old, yes. So how, how was that doing it with a family and like kind of, you have a career, you're, you're a nurse, yeah. you're doing well as a nurse, you love it, yes. you're, you're yes. thriving. Yes. How do you actually have that conversation with your significant other, with your wife, with your family, with your kids to say, daddy has a dream that yeah. he has to accomplish and I got to give up everything that we have right now or put a lot of things that we have on hold mm-hmm. for me to chase yes. this dream. Man, that's a, that was a difficult one because we were comfortable. Um, and But there was this thing that kept gnawing at me, that just gnawing at my, my heart, my mind. I, I knew it was time to continue my education. So I was either going to do my master's or I was going to become a nurse practitioner. But I knew even after getting my master's or becoming a nurse practitioner that I would still want to be a physician and that dream would still be on my mind. And so, you know, I had a discussion uh, with my wife and and, uh, thankfully she was supportive. And that's sort of how it came about. And uh, I, you know, you you think about the challenges that are uh, potentially in the path, but you don't understand the difficulty that is being away from your family. Um, not be able to see certain milestones the kids go through. Uh, and so it takes it takes a lot of sacrifice. But I don't know if I would have ever given up that dream in my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, thankfully I had a supportive family and I was able to pursue it. Honestly, you are giving me some, like, there's some shiftings going on right now with Anita. <laughs> like, I have to make sure I pursue these dreams. Listen, you... you if you don't, you're going to be 90 in your deathbed and you're going to be kicking yourself. I, it's not a guarantee, <laughs> but it's very likely. And most people, it's not, you know, and there have been studies that have been done for people who are on their deathbed and the regrets they have are not their failures. It's their failure to try. Those are the things they regret. Like, why didn't I go after this? You know, why didn't I do this? Right? Like, if you fail, so be it. But at least you try. I, I, I was like, you know what? It's a possibility. I go to medical school. I don't like it. It's it's not successful. I fail. But I was like, so be it. I can live with the failure. I was so close to turning back. I, I remember I flew. My school was on Seba. A tiny little island. I flew to St. Martin. And the night before I would I was going to fly over to Seba, I was thinking to myself, I can just go home and nobody would know. I can just go back to my life. My life is comfortable. I'll be perfectly fine. Or I can stare down <laughs> this unknown path and I can get this done and and change the story of my life and not have that regret when I'm on my deathbed. Like, what if? Why didn't I try? So I, I couldn't live with failure. I couldn't live with not trying. Not trying. So can I ask you guys a question? So is it possible that since we have this beautiful story that I can try to pursue my dream of becoming Kojo Enchi's wife. (laughs) (laughs) 
it would kill me to know that I didn't try. Oh, I didn't God. attempt to do it. So maybe this is giving me some positive reinforcement. I, I need to do this. Uh, I, I think his wife would have something to say about that. Well, <laughs> You might have to talk to his current wife and see how that goes. I mean, I don't mind. He can share. Polygamy, polygamy is, is legal in Ghana, no? It is legal, it yes. Is, it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's legal. For him, I would do it. I don't do know if it's legal. I think it's decriminalized. I don't think you you no, go I think anywhere. It's I think it's legal. Is it legal? Yeah. Yeah. Like like you can actually you time. can actually register. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I'm pretty oh, okay. sure. Because I, I think because a lot of the Muslims in Ghana are able to. Um, have multiple oh, okay. lives and there's a lot of okay, okay, you know top officials that have that so i'm sure it's, mm. it is a legal thing okay. so nita we can make that work right okay because as doc said we don't want you sitting there 97 on your right exactly. saying, why did i not pursue why Honestly, i love you guys i love you guys <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh, we're man. here for you. We're here for you. Let let us know when you're ready. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, so Doc, now we've come to kind of one of my favorite parts of, of this interview, which is that highlight reel. We, we want you because I know you're you you you're, you're you're fake humble. You know, you don't like to brag. You you don't like to. And and there's things that I'm gonna, I'm gonna add on if you don't do this well. We want you to give our listeners your highlight reel, right? Because we know that. It hasn't been easy for where you've gotten to right now. And we want kids to know that if you do follow your dreams and if life gives you turns, that there are some of these possibilities and goals that you can achieve. We want you to kind of just list off things that you're most proud of, your highlight reels in your career and your personal life. Um, Yeah, and and give them to us. And if you don't do it well, me and Anita will... will, Yeah, no modesty. Just go for it. Brag. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see. I'm starting with my proudest accomplishment, which is my family. Uh, I've got a beautiful wife and, and three gorgeous children. I've been blessed. Um, and they're healthy and well, which, you know, makes me very happy. Um, career academic wise, I have three degrees, uh, two honors degrees, one master's okay. degree. Wow. Uh, my first degree okay. was in kinesiology and health science. My second in nursing science. My third is a master of uh, medicine. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, I know. I'm just collecting degrees at this point. Oh, go ahead, <laughs> I, go ahead. I was I was I was the first black president of my medical school, uh, which wow. is, which is a big deal. Yes, That's a big deal. Um, <laughs> uh, and right now, I'm the union representative for my hospital for all the residents. Wow. Um, and man, <laughs> wow. of course, I, I my patients love me, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to say that I'm able to really connect with people. And I, and I find that that's a gift that I've been given um, that I really appreciate. And yeah, I just, I, I love that I'm able to be a good friend. I, I'm proud of that. And yeah, yes. right? And a good wife when people need me. <laughs> but I think I think that's it. I mean, I'm pretty no, sure no, the things no, I've, no. I've left you, out. You, but missed, you missed a hidden nugget that most people who don't know you will not get. When TFC first started in Toronto, (laughs) out of nowhere, Doc went to try out for TFC and actually almost made the team. Wow. Mind you, Doc was not even really playing 
soccer. you know, fully at that time. And soccer, and he was university. He's like, you know why? Why not try? And he went. He almost made the team. Like I mean, wow. almost made the team. <laughs> Kudos. Look Sorry, at right? that. Thank you. It. Thank you. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> wow, Doc. Soccer is my first love. That's my first love. You're I was kicking the ball shame. before I could walk. Yes. Wow. So, <laughs> According to my family, I used to grab my foot when I couldn't walk to kick the ball. So that, that's <laughs> honestly that's an impressive list. Like you yes, know, not to like you. just, but it's very impressive. And I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you've listed it the way that you have because you're going to inspire somebody, even if it's just one person. To be honest, you're inspiring yes. me right now, and I'm just like. Honestly, I'm girl, glad. get that, get on that plane to go to Ghana and get Kudrenchi, and we'll see what else follows. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to be come back to a more serious note. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I inspire you to be a homewrecker. <laughs> Sam, I don't want to hear it. Nothing, Sam. Nothing. I, I, I know. I know. There's some, there's somebody's dad listening right now, going, "What is this foolish girl talking about?" This girl cried. <laughs> You can't you, you can't regret anything on your deathbed, guys. But yes, um, you cannot, you cannot. You cannot. Don't take that exactly. to your grave. Yes. But on a more serious note, I just wanted to ask: um, What are some of the setbacks that you faced in your career? Oh, um, I've had really very little. I think most of it is mental, um, and a lot of you know, can I do it? A lot of self doubt. Maybe. Even though you should be confident, um, of course, discrimination in certain spaces um, that you go through, mm -hmm. you know, people mistaking you for everything else but a physician when you're in a hospital, like, you know, what do you do? You know, and your badge says doctor. Um, so things like that. And of course, you know, the difficulties of navigating this convoluted path. Uh, to my goal with a family so that's that's you know the difficulty missing out on certain things certain, certain milestones of the kids lives mm -hmm. um, so navigating that um, but career-wise I think so far it's been smooth sailing most of it's gone very well and you know I'm thankful and grateful for the blessing of it but yeah mostly most challenging part most setbacks I've been you know navigating a family and a career because medicine medicine's a jealous lover some say you know it, it takes a lot of your time and you have to have very patient family members so i want to yeah. ask something a little bit off topic if you'll let me sam um i know you've been able to um you've been exposed to the canadian healthcare system and that of yes. now i guess the american healthcare system mm -hmm. what are the mm -hmm. what are the differences i guess you would say because you've practiced i guess you can say in both Right. So yes. in terms of how they approach you in the Canadian system versus the American system, being a black male. Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, so first of all, black male physicians are a unicorn. OK, yeah. they only make up like maybe like one percent of, of total physicians, which is abysmal. Um, so that there are a lot of organizations working to change that. But the system in itself. Uh, there are a lot of disparities. You know, if you have money, you'll do well in the U.S. Um, and insurance companies have a lot of pull. Okay. Um, but the U.S. system, it seems like when you want something done, it gets faster. In some ways, because it's privately run in many ways, it's mm -hmm. it, it can be more efficient. Right. Um, because they try to do it in a more timely manner. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's also very defensive in that 
you know, doctors would order tests just to protect themselves, mm-hmm. you know, just not to be sued because of the litigious nature of, of the job. You know, people will sue you for the smallest things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they tend to, you know, everybody gets certain tests if they shouldn't get the test. And in Canada, you get the test if you need the test. So, so I mean, of course, everyone here, has, we have universal health care in, in Canada. Uh, and so access is a lot better. Poorer neighborhoods in the U.S. have difficulty accessing the system because um, a lot of times certain hospitals, organizations will not have, will not take their insurance. Um, and so that becomes more difficult for them. So, you know, the system in general here is better because everyone has access. Right. Uh, it might be slower because you might not get the MRI right away. You might get it in a couple months, but you're going to get it. And for the most part, uh, you know, people don't die because they're waiting for MRI right. per se. The U.S. is a lot faster. You get it done quickly. It's, uh, you know, a lot more, it's like a lot more efficient that way. But, you know, it's also less cost effective because they spend a lot of money on healthcare, and then that's not the same in Canada. So pros and cons to both systems right um but i'd rather be in a system that's has universal health care and then i won't go bankrupt if i get a certain illness right exactly yeah because the, the some of the insurance companies have a cap in terms of how much they'll spend okay. so that means if you reach that cap the rest is on you oh wow okay yeah so so to bring it back to kind of you know your your family like how does your family feel now that you've achieved the goal like we, we Kwame, we want you to be a doctor from the day you were born. Kwame is yes. doing well in school. Kwame is going to be a doctor. Kwame had you know some setbacks, but now Kwame is a doctor. Like, what is that for your parents? Like, I can only imagine. Like, how do they feel, and and do they communicate that with you? Yeah, my my parents are very proud um, of of me being a doctor because I think uh, maybe the first in my family my certainly my immediate family but maybe even my extended family i have you know family members who are nurses but i don't think we have another physician in the family so you know they're very proud um you know and and you know my dad calls me doctor (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) but my dad always does that like he can't call you by your career title what you do um, you know, <laughs> so just yeah, lawyer, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, oh, manager, MD, managing director. So it, you know, he he'll call me doctor. Uh, and, you know, it feels good. Um, and and you know, the, I I know they're they're very proud of me, and and they've been supportive from day one. So, yeah, I mean that they, it was a long way, but I think they think it's worth it. Very good. Okay, so um, I guess they have bragging rights amongst the whole family yes, because yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, by a doctor. Yes, of yes. course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going yeah. to get to our perfection equation. Yes. So it's passion plus your purpose equals pleasure. Are you there? Would you say? Oof. This is a tough one. It's a yes and no. Okay. Uh, because I feel like my passion is medicine. Okay. My purpose is to be able to touch people on all walks of life. Mm. Um, so in many ways, I've come into contact with many people. I, I you know, even when I was a nurse, I, I've been to the north, the most northmost part of Canada. I've been to none of it. 
Um, and I've worked in small communities. I've worked in poorer communities. And I feel like I've been able to touch people no matter where I've been. And so in that regard, I think, yes. And, and that, you know, make, brings me happiness. But there's so much more that I'd like to do. So once, once you know, I finish, you know, residency and everything else, um, in order to bring healthcare to other places, including Ghana, um, and improve the access, improve the system. Um, so there's a, you know, there's, I'm very happy where I am in this moment. Um, and I'm in, enjoying life in terms of my career. I love what I do. I love coming to contact with people. But there's, there's more to there's more to do. There's more to do. So I mean, the second question, the second part of the question, I guess you've already answered it because it's, what do you love the most about your current um, profession? And I know that you said people. you love people exactly. People. Yes. So in terms of the current um, profession, though, what do you not like so much about it? <laughs> I don't know if I can say. It. <laughs> I think he doesn't like it, oh, what are the turnoffs? What are the turnoffs? I think you know the hours of being a resident are, are difficult, are um, and you know sometimes you'll find some resistance from parents. You know when you're delivering healthcare, especially right. with kids, because it's a sensitive yeah. uh, part of it. So you see, there's an opportunity uh, to educate, to learn, um, and you know to work through issues. But yeah, I, I I can do without the the residency hours. Have you have you found in your career like that you've been challenged on your competency because of how young you are and because of the color of your skin when you're giving advice to mm. parents about their child? Yes and no. Um, it depends on the community you are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was in Canada, in certain places, yes, you know, almost when well, I was a nurse at that time, but you know, because you know, Ghanaians don't age. So it doesn't matter how old you are. You look the same. You are, you are youth. <laughs> it really I, I'm, not, I'm not really tall. So like I, I always look like a kid. So, so as soon as you walk into a patient's room, you're like, how old are you? I'm like, what do you mean? I, I have my badge right here. right? Who so, sent this small boy to come look after to me? To come and give us a diagnosis. Yes. Like, uh, listen, I, I'm really good at this, I swear. So... <laughs> So yeah, you, you know, you face difficulties that way, and and you know, you face some discrimination from people, uh, where you have to, you feel like you know, you constantly have to try to prove yourself. Um, in the in the current environment, I feel like in some ways being a black male is advantageous because I work in a predominantly black neighborhood and community in Brooklyn, so they you know the level of trust is a bit better, so you're able to connect with them better. Because they know you understand their plight right. in some ways, right? And so, they, you know, as soon as they see you, they know you're black, they know you're a doctor, and, you know, you see a big smile on their faces. Right. Uh, so in that way, it's, it's sort of an advantage where you can connect better and, and understand their story better, you know, right. culturally speaking. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. So the it's, big question, because yes. we all want to know. How can other immigrant kids or children of immigrants get into this profession? Because like you said, I mean, it's, to be honest, like, let's, even if we just narrow it down to Ghani and Krana, like the skin color, sometimes you're always thrown off, you think you can't do it. So right. what's the best advice that Wolfa can give in how to get into this profession? Okay, so one of the things that I I'd, uh, always tell people now is you don't have to get into the sciences in order to get into medical school. Right. So you can 
you can actually take philosophy if you like. Yeah. You can take any undergrad you like, as long as you're able to do the prerequisites to get into uh, medical school. Okay. You you can actually take any undergrad course you like. Okay. If your if your if your goal is to go into medical school, and yeah. to in Canada is the single most difficult country to become a physician. It's not even comparable to other countries. So a lot of Canadians have ended up going elsewhere. So make sure your GPA is on point from day one. Like, you know, first year, a lot of people end up kind of taking it lightly. And then the, the subsequent years, they end up having to make up for it. And so from the day you get in, you sort of, you know, take it seriously. Um, try to pad your GPAs when you take a course that's not so difficult. Try to get, you know, as high a mark as you can so that, you know, if you fail in other courses, at least you get that buffer. Um, so make sure your GPA is on point because it's going to be important. Um, you don't have to take health sciences because they tend to be a bit more difficult to get a good GPA. Like if you go into chemistry, you're taking a chemistry undergrad, the likelihood your GPA is going to be above 3.6 is very low because they're very difficult. Um, so you go in, take whatever it is you need and then do your prerequisites and then apply. Uh, and then if you don't apply, look elsewhere, cast your net wide, look at, uh, programs in the U S look at programs in the Caribbean if necessary uh, but of course first it's Canada and the US which which uh, offers an easier path so that's that's basically it and you know don't don't be afraid to fail if you fail just you know get pick yourself up try again pick yourself up try again uh, and so yeah that that's that's it great advice doc great advice so so what's next for for you ooh i'm just trying to get this this uh, residency completed. Uh, I'd like to do something with child psychiatry um, because I'm really passionate about talking to adolescents and the difficulties they face. And so, and you know, young children and, and you know, I'm, I'm a big believer uh, in what Frederick Douglass said, which is, you know, um, it's better to, you, to raise a balanced child than to try to fix broken men. Mm. So if we can if we can give the children a good start, uh, we have a much better chance of, of creating a successful society rather than trying to um, try to heal them once they're broken. Uh, so I, I want to do something to do with you know in child psychiatry in mental health, decreasing the stigma in our community, um, making it easier for people to get mental health care, uh, and then of course I'm interested in uh, going to Ghana and helping with the healthcare system and and helping to develop it into uh, a more efficient system uh, and have people have easier access to healthcare. And then who knows? I, I'm thinking about maybe something in politics down the line. Okay. Wow. okay. Dr. President. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Why not? Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. Yes. Yes. All right. No, that, that's Absolutely. amazing. So, so thank you so much, Dr. Salome yes. Kwame Nyano yes. Redu for, for joining us today and, and, and sharing Thank a little you. bit more about yourself. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank so, you. So, Anita, phrase of the day. What was our phrase of the day today? You guys want me to go back and butcher it? Oh, yes. Man. I, I, I want to hear your lovely tree because in order to get Kwejo entry, right? You, you got to be able to be doing yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah, come on. You got to be fluid. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> Penny will fiance na ye wo ohine. Right? Yes. Yes. I tried. I yes. did it, guys. 
and the translation. <laughs> Great work. Once again, for those maybe who joined in late, um, the elder was there before the king was born. Yes. I like that. Yeah, no, I like that. And this is super deep. And I, I think for me, it gives me where it takes me to is that we always, everybody always wants to be the king. I want to be the leader. I want to be right. the mm. big boss, right? But the yes. leader is not the person who anoints themselves or who everybody anoints, but the leader is the leader, right? right. So the elder right. was always there. He's there. Right? So yeah. in that room, everybody can spot who the true leader is. And I think for right. me, that's where I, I go with this, right? Because oftentimes we always want to give ourselves title. I want to be doctor, managing director. Yeah. Right. I want to be yeah. lawyer. But who really are you if if you're not the one that's providing wisdom, mm. you know, to the right. community right. And, and the source of inspiration? Yes. I like what about that. you, Anita? Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm full of gems. I'm full of gems. Come on, Sam. But when you said that, I just thought I, it, something clicked to me. It's like, like you said, a lot of times we want to be leaders. We want to be put in leadership positions, but we're not yeah. willing to be mentored by people who have been there. So it's yeah. like most people are so quick to fail or they get upset when they're not taken a liking to, but it's like you never were teachable because you felt you yeah. knew it off the bat. So that's mm. that's deep. That's deep. Yeah, that's, that's true. Deep. Yo, no, Doc, I, I see put some respect it. on the name. Yeah, put right. Some respect on it. <laughs> Honestly. I, I feel that. I, I, I see it as, you know, sort of no matter what you achieve in life, you know, always remember to be humble because, mm-hmm. and, and listen to the elders. They have wisdom from a lived experience. They understand mm-hmm. like whatever it is we think we're going through, they've been there twice. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So it, it's easier for us if we listen to wisdom rather than repeat mistakes, which people mm-hmm. have already gone through. So, yes, right. and no matter what you achieve, you're not bigger or better than anyone. Yeah. You know, always listen. So Anita, one thing you learned about Doc today, what was one new thing you learned about him today? Honestly, I'm impressed. Like, I have to put some respect on the name now. Like, when now when I call you Doc, I can't just say Doc, Doctor, Kwame. Finish the name for me. Yeah, no, yeah, no, Redu. Wafa, 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 Doc. <laughs> Doctor Wafa. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I'm I'm very, um, you know, I I've, I've known you, but I haven't known you this deep. And felt like for you to explain your career path. It just gave me like a totally different um, perspective of you. Um, you know, like I'm totally inspired. Like I'm even like, I feel even humble to your experiences because it's kind of like um, shifted my perspective on things that I myself should do and some things that I shouldn't quickly give up on. So, you know, like if there's anything that I've... So there's anything that I've learned about Doc is that he's humble and he's he's a go-getter. Nothing is going to stop him. He's going to go till the end of it. He's going to push and fight. So thank you, yeah. Doc. No, that's perfect. And, and, and it's funny because, Doc, we talk how often and I've known you for how long. But every time I find that like, you talk to somebody, you learn a new thing about them. Yeah. And that's why I love this segment. And one thing I didn't yeah. learn about you, I didn't know before, was that you were the first black president of your um your medical school yeah. um yes student, like bro that, that's what i talk about your fake humbleness bro <laughs> we, we need to brag about that more that's that's, that's a big accomplishment and i think yeah. it also shows the leadership in you and when you mentioned that you want to get into politics yeah. i've always been you know I, i'm always bothering you with, with political discussions <laughs> and all that stuff and mainly because i, I think i love that, it that is where you know 
a lot of your talents are leading you to. And some of us are ready to hold your bag when, when you're ready to go. Okay? Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. I need a policy team. Let's go. We're, we're ready. <laughs> Vote for Wafa Doctor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, Thank you so our, Thank our, you this is our, our mic drop moment. If you can give one advice yes. to 17 year old Salome Redu. You met him 17 years old. What one advice would you give? Wow. Um, be free. Be yourself unapologetically. You know, when you're young, you're impressionable. You know, you're worried about what people think. You know, is it, should I like this? Should I wear this? Should I do this? Should I follow this? Be yourself. Be yourself. Uh, blaze your own trail. Be free. And you know, the moment you're unapologetically yourself is the moment you really start living life. I didn't recognize that until I was about 25, 26 years old. Um, you know, after you've been influenced so many ways, it's like, you know, I forget everyone, I'm just gonna be myself. But be free. The sooner you're free, the better your life is, is gonna be. Wow. I agree, I agree, I agree. Oh, that is deep. You agree, Sam? So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this is, that's so deep. I think that's advice that we can all give ourselves daily moving forward as well. So, so Doc, Dr. Wafa, yes, thank you for joining us today. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, yes. Credits. Um, a big thank you to our special guest co-host, Anita. Um, yes. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for having me, guys. Awesome. Honestly. Great job. Like, Great work. Despite everything, you guys are amazing. Honestly, like you guys need to keep this up. You guys need to keep... This is something that we need as Ghanaians. Like, I always say yeah. it not to just like to kiss your ass. But we need people in the community that we need to stick together. We need to push each other. We need to, there needs to be something there that we can be like, you know what? This is, this is ours and we're helping each other. We're a community yeah. and we need to be able to help each other out. Yes. There's too many a time where we feel like we're alone or there's not enough people there to have our backs. But this is one way and I yeah. kudos to you guys. Thank you. Absolutely. And then all and a big shout out always Appreciate to the super it. producer, Nancy. Yabwa. Woo, Nancy! A uh, uh, big shout out again to the song of the day, Daddy Lumba. Um, you know, yes. Lumba's an institution. Odomensu. Odomensu. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank you yeah. all once again for joining us. And until next time, guys. Bye bye. bye, bye.